0: Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 42 of the show where geeks meet God. My name's Luke Navarro. And my name is Deep Thought. Yes. Uh, you know, well, but the thing is, is we know the the answer to life, the universe, and everything. It's 42. Or the gospel. One of the two.
1: Oh, you know, we'd be all spiritual and stuff like that's what we do here on this podcast or something. By the way, my name is Mike Perna. In case this is the first time you're listening to us,
0: have we ever talked the glory that is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy?
1: We've of course mentioned it.
0: We've probably alluded.
1: We have not. We have not done a. We didn't give it like the Doctor Who treatment because doc, no. Doctor Who got Doctor its own Who is episode. Doctor Who. Well, that's I true.
0: I mean, it's there. It's close, except that all of the the surrounding stuff around the Hitchhiker's Guide kind of sucks.
1: What do you I thought? didn't
0: enjoy the movies, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's not as good. And all the cool all the stuff, all the toys, all the the spin-off shows around Doctor Who still awesome. Well, that
1: that's a a given. They can come up with 17 bazillion different sonic screwdrivers and I will want to to get each and every one of them. And I I will say that I to this day want to get myself one of the little uh if I say the word adipose, do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay. They make little, like, stuffed animal adipose.
0: Yes, they are uh, They are a con, uh, you know, mainstay. I, I want
1: them. I I want one so bad. And I, I even want – there's a little stress toy version, which I would totally take that too. And it's really funny because every time I talk about them and I, I, I look at them and I want to buy them, Susan looks at me funny and uh, – she doesn't want them in the apartment because she looks at it and goes, it's a little fat monster. <laughs> <laughs> well. I said, yeah, but look at him. He's adorable.
0: <laughs> so I it is episode 42. And, you know, it wasn't too long ago. I think it was right around episode 40 or so that, uh, let's be honest, we were a little desperate. Oh, yeah. Are there, we were scraping the
1: bottom of the barrel. We were at the absolute... End of the line as far as stuff going, there was nothing going on, we had, I, I don't know about you Luke, but for me I had not gotten sleep in a week and a half, and it was just, the, nor, our normal conversation of this, is what we should talk about this week was basically, um yeah let's just, just let's roll with it, let's just let's hit yeah. record and roll.
0: But today, our conversation was so full that we had to stop that conversation for fear of getting to this conversation.
1: There are so many things, good, bad, and indifferent, that hit the airwaves recently that we're definitely going to have to talk about and address. And we're going to try very hard not to make this an extra-long, crazy episode. Though, I have to say, if we were going to make an extra-long, crazy episode, episode 42 would
0: be a good way to go. I think that that would be be appropriate so okay let's uh, we'll start off with a kind of a call back here to last week okay last episode uh last episode we were talking about these special things that we're like waiting to pass down to our children yes and you know i pulled out the obvious the easy answer star wars
1: well naturally that's just a given
0: right i actually got to do that this week so my kids have never wanted to watch Star Wars. I have two daughters, and they have never been interested at all. They think it's scary and weird. And uh, my birthday came around, and so I told them what I want to do for my birthday. Now, I don't want to go to a restaurant. I don't want a special meal. I want to order a pizza, get some candy, blow up the giant inflatable bed, and all of us just sit and watch Star Wars together. That sounds Perfect. I think the only thing that could
1: make it better is if you'd gone on Think Geek and gotten the Tauntaun sleeping bags.
0: (laughs) That's creepy. I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Uh, Wampus skin rug, that sort of thing. We actually did this. we, We started the movie and let's put it this way. Neither one of my kids, and my kids are normal kids, right? Neither one of them even finished one slice of pizza. They were... Completely and utterly transfixed by Star Wars, and uh, so they. If you ask them the next day, how was it? They'll still say, "Oh, it's weird," but I've caught them at least a couple of times playing stuff. I've heard it's not a moon; it's a space station nice. in my house. And so, yeah, I think I think I made uh, I think I, I made my mark in the world. Now I, I'm done. I have passed on my genes. I'm good here. I can just ride right off into the sunset.
1: Just wait until the first time one of them looks at you and just gives you that pause and then says, do or do not, there is no try.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and, so, and so, but I'm so sad uh, because I'm sitting there with the kids and we're watching the movie and uh, man, you know how I feel about spoilers. Oh, so we have a the,
1: strict policy against all things spoilers.
0: Yeah, well, this this going to be a spoil, but if you've missed this one, too bad. Uh, so the first time Leia comes on screen, my daughter looks at me and goes, isn't that Luke's sister?
1: Wow.
0: And I was like, oh, dude, you know, that sucks.
1: That's going to make this I... one scene really awkward for you. Yeah,
0: well, that too. <laughs> she, it did get an ooh, but it probably would have gotten a an new anyway. She's you know she's nine, and I didn't.
1: Well, the rest of us could always just write that off as as you know nobody knew and we didn't understand that that was going on. Now now we are doomed to forever watch it, going, "Oh, dude, that's your sister,"
0: but she also knows somehow. I don't know how. Probably through the stinking children at school. That Vader is Luke's father.
1: Those lousy, no-good children.
0: (laughs) It's not the same, man. It's not the same. So, yeah, I was all looking forward to Okay, yeah, they're going to be into Star Wars. I was going to give them like a week or two to be playing it and loving Star Wars. And then we were going to go on to Empire. But, man, they already know.
1: Yeah. Well, really you know, in their defense, it's kind of hard to maintain that that cone it, it, of secrecy over for, for like movies 50 years. that have been <laughs> yeah, around that okay. long.
0: Yeah. What What is it now? Nineteen seventy seven. We're kind of coming on what forty years here. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that that's uh, a tough spoiler to keep. Speaking of the future of Star Wars. We have a future of Star Wars, and one that um I'd like to know what your opinion is.
1: Uh, the infamous question as to whether I think JJ Abrams is going to do a good job with Star Wars seven.
0: L- let's have it. What do you think? You know
1: I I for one am the first person to just slam the awfulness that was episodes one, two, and three. I they am had their moments and my on. feelings
0: they, towards these things. The last Twenty minutes of episode one was pretty cool. Okay, yes. Anything that doesn't involve a lightsaber duel is garbage. Just the lightsaber duel. The 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 kid flying the spaceship was lame, but the lightsaber duel with the cool music was great.
1: No, I if that if we could have just gotten rid of Anakin and just made this Qui Gon and Darth Maul for an hour and a half, it would have been perfect. But yeah, so I, I yeah I. I don't know what to think about this. I'm trying hard to be okay with Star Wars coming back. I, in in one hand, I want it back. I want more stories. I think, for me, the big thing is going to be, as I mean, you can get a director and that's cool and all. J.J. Abrams does make good movies. I do like what he does, so that does give me some kind of comfort. But really it, I'm just kind of waiting to see what the plot of the movie's going to be because if you give me another Luke Leia Han and Chewie story I'm going to hate it.
0: Well, I don't I don't want that and I also don't want their kids. I want a you know the unfolding of the new republic. Uh I'm okay with that. Um even stories that happen during the rebellion I'm okay with that if there are other characters, or even if they're like, you know, give me a story about Wedge. You know, give me a Rogue Squadron kind of story.
1: (laughs) I want Episode Seven to be nothing but Biggs and Wedge.
0: (laughs) No, not Biggs, man. That must have But, you know, I mean, I'd be okay with that. Uh, You know, I'd be totally okay with stories surrounding my second favorite Jedi, Kornhorn. Uh, I'd be good with that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, but in terms of just, I mean, we don't know what the the plot is, we don't know who the actors are, all we know is there's more Star Wars, it has Disney money now, which is the only money bigger than Lucas money, Right. and it has J.J. J. Abrams.
1: I am curious, you've already gotten reports that uh, Harrison Ford has said, if you want me to bring back Han Solo, I'm totally down for it. And I don't know what to make of that after... You know
0: there's going to be cameos.
1: Well, yeah, I, but I, I don't know what to make of that, though, after Indiana Jones and the aliens phone home. I don't...
0: Yeah, but I was okay with uh, Nimoy coming back. Yes. That was really well done. Yes. Uh, and I, that I and, like
1: that. And uh, that's the thing. It'll all depend on how they do it. I think Harrison Ford coming back and having a moment as Han would be awesome. And I would stand up in the theater and applaud that. It's just how they get it done.
0: Right. So so here's how I've been kind of thinking about this, right? We had, For me, there were two people who were the frontrunners for this job. Now, I could be totally wrong about this, but in my fanboy view, there was... If you were the
1: guy making the decision, there were two guys.
0: Right. J.J. J. Abrams and John Favreau. And you look at the kind of... Because they've both basically been responsible for rebooting some pretty cherished childhood uh, properties. True. Right? J.J. Abrams went really kind of realistic. You know? I mean, there were a lot of funny moments and things like that, but he took it serious. Uh, Star Trek, it, it seemed to me that like he felt there was a responsibility to make Star Trek something for like a whole other generation. you know, oh, yeah. The third generation. Uh, Jon Favreau was like, "Ah, I got this cool thing, let's play. <laughs> and uh, you know what, honestly, for me, I was leaning more toward the Jon Favreau side. Um, you know, I thought the first movies were way, the plot at least, were way too serious. Uh, I mean, obviously the execution wasn't, but the, the the plot and trying to to fit all of these components and how do you get obi-wan kenobi to to age like you know 60 years in a period of in a period 16 of, yeah <laughs> um you know it just didn't make sense and like so why bother trying you know they should have just had fun with it and the whole political ramifications of the clone war were a mess but
1: oh, uh, if I had to hear one more freaking—I I mean, this is not new material. Sorry, geeks. This—I'm not breaking any new ground. But if I had to hear one more discussion about the Trade Federation, I was gonna die. Yeah,
0: and so I hope that they—they they just look. All right, we have JJ Abrams now. It's time to go Black Sun. It's time to go Coruscant. It's time to go somewhere that's a little bit more sci-fi. You know what I mean? that's a little bit more Blade Runner, that's a little bit more serious. I would love
1: to see, you know, because the thing about, about when Lucas was still running the show was Lucas is like, ooh, look, CG, let's take it and make this useless stuff. Right. Let's make these scenes that don't work and just throw CG in it. I would love it if somebody sat there and goes, okay, we have the ability to make this cool stuff how can we make this cool
0: stuff work? <laughs> well, yeah, and and for me, it's about I want to see Weta, yes, more than Lucasfilm. That's what I want to see. Mm. I want to see the like the craftsmanship and the outfits. I want to see. I don't want to see the the kind of over the top grandeur that the first uh, that the prequels brought. You know, and I get that that's kind of, the it was a richer world and the rebellion is a, a poorer world, but that's what I want to see. I want to see a little bit more grunge. I want to see a little bit more, uh, you know, I want to see the guns look awesome, you know. And I am, though, a little bit afraid of what's going to happen when JJ gets his hands on some lightsabers and some lens flare. I think we're in trouble. Yeah, you know, every time those lightsabers I mean, hit, it's gonna be like if, blinding. If Star
1: Trek taught us anything is to wear sunglasses to the movie.
0: <laughs> you know, he figures we're all gonna watch in 3D. We can't see anything anyway, so yeah.
1: I I don't know what his his deal with was with the lens flare there, but uh, you know, overall, if if the biggest complaint I have is that he goes a little crazy with lens flare, I I can't go wrong because. There are some truly terrible Star Trek movies out there. So, oh, yeah. So if the only complaint I had was, what's the deal with the lens flare? I'm going to call that a win.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say, without question, and this is going to really anger a couple of my friends, but without question, the 2011, I think it was, Star Trek, best Star Trek movie ever. Mm. Um, you know what else it was best at? The best super Bowl cool commercial. <laughs> That's what you call professional podcast transitioning, my friend That's
1: genius, I saw what you did there
0: Yes, thank you, so it was the Super Bowl
1: Yes, and what, it, the um, the jock equivalent of nerddom
0: It is, um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, there, <laughs> longer than it should have been <laughs> I, I, I was dying, I go, you gotta
1: be kidding me <laughs>
0: uh, You know, it worked out okay, because I was making dinner during the halftime, because Beyoncé just doesn't do it for me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I had a little bit extra time to cook, so, you know, it worked out just fine. There you go.
1: For those of you who didn't actually watch the game, because there are probably a lot of you out there, um, what happened was, is as the game was going, it was becoming quickly just just unfolding into a blowout. Uh, the Ravens had pulled ahead to ridiculous extent, And I was ready to just say, oh, well, it's, you know, it was a good game while it lasted, but this is over. But then out of nowhere, the lights in half the stadium just decided, eh, we're not going to work right now. And so half the stadium went dark. The greatest thing ever was that after it came back, apparently San Francisco said, oh, wait, we're playing in a big game here, aren't we? And came back and brought the score to within a couple points, and it it was just it ended up being a great game. But, it was a great game? But I I will say that uh, as much as I love the game, there the the commercials were a bit of a letdown this year.
0: They were a major letdown. I, I honestly think that the that the uh, the the era of Super Bowl commercials it's dying. I don't think it's I think dead. It's
1: do- I think it's done. I, I'm willing. I'm. I'm not. There were a couple really choice ones in there that I enjoyed, but I do. I do think that it's dying. I don't think it's quite dead yet. I. I think last breaths. I. I will give you that. I will totally give you that.
0: Yeah. But and, you know, obviously, it's. You know, you can say, okay, well, the economy is down, so why would companies be spending as much money on commercials and whatnot? But they just. They just weren't there.
1: Yeah, I I will say that the craziest one that that really got me up in arms, uh, oddly enough, not for the reason that most people are up in arms about it, was the 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 GoDaddy commercial. Uh, the, uh, the nobody women... wants to hear
0: that much sound.
1: Exactly. That was what got me the the, the 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 whole pretty woman kissing the geek thing. Um, there there's as soon as that commercial aired its first time the internet exploded with people going, what, a geek can't have a pretty girl? Or or a girl can't appreciate a guy for his mind kind of thing? And I'm like, no. The thing that upset me about that commercial is I do not need that close-up, and I certainly do not need a mic that's
0: that sensitive to pick Dude, up every... That, that was some Foley right there that I do not want to be... Uh, uh, I'm already
1: getting, I'm already getting like...
0: Goes in the eyes and it never comes out. Yeah,
1: you can't you can't fix that. It it it's once it's there, it's there. But I mean, it in on GoDaddy's behalf, people will be talking about that commercial
0: sadly for quite a while. Well, that is GoDaddy's way. Though I have to tell you, I actually considered after that I'm a GoDaddy customer, and I imagine that GameStoreProfits.com is probably registered through GoDaddy. I don't remember because I have a lot of domains, but it probably is. Uh, and I actually thought, like, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> Maybe I will change. Is it gross
1: enough to redo the website? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: But it was annoying, and it did get me to consider, and uh, then I moved on. But it, uh, you know, I just think the whole thing, I'll tell you what, for me, this the whole Super Bowl this year was a mess.
1: Okay, and go that, on. <laughs>
0: Well, okay, so first off, the Super Bowl is the only truly American experience. Oh, yeah. You know, look, Christmas, you go around my neighborhood, there would be a lot of people without lights on. People don't participate. Halloween, people don't participate. Fourth of July, I don't participate. Uh, you know, and but Super Bowl, like, okay, people call baseball America's game, and if you love baseball, good on you. Okay? No. Like, 20-some-odd million people watch the Super, which watched World Series. 150 million people watch the Super Bowl. Right. That's a lot of people, man. That's like half of us are watching the Super Bowl. And the only reason the other half of us aren't is because somebody's got to work. <laughs> somebody's got to do know. Well, and that's just, the thing. I've like, discovered drew the that even if you hate year.
1: football, even if you don't want to watch the game even for a second you're still going to a Super Bowl party. You might be doing something else, or you might be hanging out in the kitchen with the food, but you're probably at a Super Bowl party.
0: You know, and for me then, like, Super Bowls are supposed to be an experience. You know? One, don't ever give the Super Bowl the CBS. Okay? Phil Simms never needs to talk at a Super Bowl, ever. <laughs> uh, and, but... It should be an experience. It should be something that's like, you know, next level special. And to me this year, you know, with the halftime performance, with the commercials, with the screw up with the lights, all of it, it just sort of felt like, ah, it's a Super Bowl. This whole season was kind of a retake or redo anyway because of the whole referee thing. Yeah. Yeah, let's just get her done. Move on to next year. That's how it felt to me.
1: I can understand that, and as you know, as a Jets fan, I'm happy that the whole Tebow debacle is behind us. And uh, yeah, I I was definitely the, I, I was definitely getting up on my high horse there for a little bit because with, with Tebow being on my team this year or this past mm. year, I got That'd the brunt of the whole God now wants the Jets to win because you know. I'm not going to get too much into that because I'm pretty confident in a previous episode I I went ballistic and talked about the fact that we had an an overhyped quarterback that was kind of jockeying for second place with our other overhyped, overpaid quarterback. But the thing about this year that really got me going was on both sides of – there were both – both sides had one guy who was like the major spotlight guy, and when they do the whole little pregame interview thing – both guys cited their faith as this major, huge, this is how it got me here. Um, Ray Lewis, I think, is an amazing story about how a guy who has a messy, you know, kind of nasty background and a history that people don't really like, who can turn around and say, you know what, I, I was going down a terrible path, but but I'm kind of following Jesus now and it's doing this really awesome thing in my life and i just got so upset because all i could think of was the fact that the guy that everyone was saying is is bringing god back into football is back home trying to convince people that he can play this game because he's not with us anymore yeah whereas yeah, I, whereas these guys both teams had you know guys right up front and center who were saying this is all about about god and and how my faith is pivotal here and and that's But the one guy is covered head-to-toe in tattoos. The other guy is, well, Ray Lewis. And if you don't know Ray Lewis, he's a scary-looking dude. He's an intimidating guy.
0: Yeah, he's a scary-looking, he's scary-sounding, he's scary-doing. But you're right. And most football players, though, are this way. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a huge uh, prevalence of Christianity within the NFL – Either that or there's, they're just a very vocal Christianity within the NFL. Wouldn't it be cool if there were people who were vocal about their faith in our community? Because I'm not an NFL player. I'm a nerd. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if there was a nerd-ish kind of person? <laughs> oh, you I, and I, your crazy, I'm, I'm amazing. Go for it.
1: <laughs> you are just on Fire. Okay, so I I love listening to podcasts while I'm at work because my work is pretty much, let's just call it like it is, it's mindless busy work. And so I just sit there and I listen to podcasts and I plug in my information and and, and we move on. Well, one of the podcasts that has become one of my, my favorites is the Nerdist podcast. And if you don't know what the Nerdist is, if you type in Nerdist into any ser- uh, search engine of your of your choice, you'll come up with probably a YouTube page, you'll come up with their page, you'll come up with all sorts of different interviews they've done, articles that people have written, and it's kind of championed by this guy named Chris Hardwick, who has been part of nerd culture forever. Can I
0: give you my alternative transition? Absolutely. I TiVo the Super Bowl because I was out at church. These things happen. Especially when you live on the west coast. Uh, And so I got home, and of course, prior to leaving for church, I was watching ESPN Sunday Morning Countdown. And so I turned my TV back on, getting ready to uh, get it set to the Super Bowl, and it's still on ESPN. So what do you imagine they play on ESPN during the Super Bowl when they don't have the Super Bowl?
1: Past Super Bowls? Bowling. Nice.
0: And it was a bowling pro-am. And who was... Chris Hardwick. Bowling? Chris Hardwick.
1: (laughs) One of the things that you can watch on the Nerdist channel is Chris Hardwick and the guys from Nerdist bowling against different geeky people. I think my favorite one of those to watch was when uh, the Nerdist went up against the cast of the current Doctor Who.
0: Oh, very good. Though, did they bowl in England?
1: No, and they got destroyed. Oh
0: excellent. Yes.
1: <laughs> it got it was really, really funny to watch them bowl because there there was definitely those clear and decisive moments of how do I play this silly game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they should do an episode of The Nerdist where they have to go and play cricket.
1: Nice. That would be awesome. That'd be
0: awesome. All right, so we love the Nerdist. Uh, it is a podcast. It's also a TV show, by the way. Yes.
1: Oh, uh, I will. I will highly on recommend the BBC,
0: which is awesome. It's never on, right? Because it's a BBC show, right? And they only put them out once every four years or whatever it is that they do. But it's awesome. Uh, some some of my favorite geeky TV moments have been on the Nerdist team. TV show.
1: Oh, it is full of, of awesome because geeks from literally all walks of life will show up on this and they, they have brought like, they've, they've gotten everybody from like B list celebrities that are like nerd famous, like only nerds know these people. And then they get, you know, mega blockbuster famous people. Uh, well recently they had somebody who I, I would say kind of fits in the middle there. Like, you might not know her name, but I'm pretty confident that you're going to know who she is. Um, her name is Yvette Nicole Brown. And she is uh, one of the, the people who play on the television show Community. And if you haven't seen Community, not to go off on another plug tangent, but oh my goodness, watch Community because that show is hilarious.
0: Okay, I have never seen Community.
1: It, it, it the the very short short version is is that it's all these people who attend this community college and it's it's it focuses around this one group this one study group but it, like all the people are from different walks of life there's there's the guy who kind of just got washed up and he showed up there's an older guy who's trying to to come back and get his degree there I I, I could spend a long period of time. I'm just going to give you the short version and just say, go investigate the show community if you don't know what I'm talking about. All right. But uh, one of the characters is played by Yvette Nicole Brown, and she's hilarious. She is this this wonderful woman with this huge personality and you the kind of person who walks into a room and takes over that room. Just like, oh, how are you doing? Like, like just, just that kind of person who just like oozes like sunshine and awesome. <laughs> and uh, she got, because Community just came, I, it, it, as far as the, the day we're recording now, I can't remember if it was already happened or by the time we post it, it'll definitely have happened, that Community will have come back on the air for their fourth season, I want to say and so they had her on as a guest and at first they just start talking about different things like like you normally do with, with kind of celebrity interviews it's all stuff about the show and about interacting with all these different actors and and talking about her and what she does. And after a while, I'd have to listen to the podcast again to see exactly where it happened. But at some point, she just starts talking about her faith. And not like in the you know, normal celebrity, oh, yes, God's really... She breaks it down. She is talking about the difference between... Uh, Having real faith and having a relationship with Christ as opposed to having, you know, just following through with religion. She talks about the gospel. She talks about the importance of her faith on the Nerdist. And I'm not going to lie. I was giddy. I was giggling like a little school kid as I'm listening to this because I'm just listening to her bring it. And I'm just like, I, I love this woman.
0: That's awesome.
1: And it it really is kind of crazy because, and this is the part that really brought it to the forefront in my mind. Not only was it cool that she brought it up, was because Chris Hardwick. Like one thing I will say that if you want to go into this uh, podcast, we normally try to we try to kind of give warning to people, who especially people who are really sensitive to the nature of language and stuff like that. If you that's a good point. If you listen to the 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 Nerdist podcast. This is on the internet, so it's not like on television where there are censors saying that you can use certain words and can't use certain words. A uh, podcast, there, there's no such restriction, and so they drop some hard language. So as this is going on, and, and Chris Hardwick is just, you know, doing what he does, and he's just being funny. And as she's talking, she at one point she looked at, at Chris Hardwick and says, you know, this this interview went in a different place than you're used to didn't it and he looked at her and said you know I was kind of hoping that it did like that's kind of why we brought you on and I'm like oh oh no what's gonna happen what what's gonna happen and he goes he goes no uh, we all know that you know about your faith and we all know that you're a very spiritual person and that you take this stuff seriously but we all just love having you around and we just wanted you to be here and wanted to hang out with you. And I, I'm i not going to lie, I almost teared up when I heard that. I'm like, that's beautiful. That's what it's supposed to be like. I think about, you know, how Jesus kind of did things and, you know, granted, I'm, Jesus never was like, oh, you know, it, it doesn't matter about holiness or it doesn't matter to follow after God he was but at the same point he was very much open to people he was hanging out with people and they flocked to him because of the way he was and i couldn't help but saying oh my goodness finally we get a celebrity who's on some uh, on you know some kind of public forum being like yeah being Christian and being serious about it, and and at the same point, is not just trying to hammer somebody.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, and I think it's just, it's an amazing lesson that all of the confrontational stuff, a lot of that is instigated by us.
1: Oh, most of it is.
0: You know, I, the, the sad fact of the matter is, a lot of times, a certain kind of Christian can be sort of a jerk. And for the most part, let's be honest, you know, there's not too many famous Christians out there doing that. But every once in a while, we get outed.
1: Uh, we're going to have to talk about this.
0: <laughs> put on the internet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to talk about this. I.
0: All right, so we've probably, everybody has heard uh, about the pastor and the receipt and the angry, I'm not giving you a tip. Uh, because your tip doesn't belong, doesn't deserve no, to be more than I, Jesus's tip. Yeah,
1: I, I, we have to use the exact wording because the exact wording is part of the reason that I got as angry as I did.
0: All right. Tell me what the exact wording was. The exact
1: was. wording on this, okay, to give you the, in case you don't know what this is, because I brought this up with, with some people and they had no idea what it was. Um, it,
0: it was just a blip. It was a couple of days of internet rage. Right.
1: It was basically this 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 pastor went out and it was her and I think a group of at least eight people. When you have a big group. When you have a group that big, they just factor in for ease of use, they just factor in the gratuity and they just make that part of the bill so that no one has to worry about it. Well, the gratuity was set at eighteen percent. This pastor then crossed out the tip on the receipt and wrote a note saying if i give jesus 10% what do you what makes you think that you deserve 18 if i only give jesus 10% what makes you think you deserve 18 was the note on the receipt uh, I'm already just trying hard not to rage because my wife is asleep in the other room, and I don't want to yell.
0: <laughs> you know, I. What do you say? I mean, look, there are jerks in every community. <laughs>
1: oh, I have, I have often said that that just because you're a Christian and just because, just because you're in ministry, doesn't magically make you a better person. I I will put that out there. Uh, The the crap I bring to my day-to-day life is still there when I'm leading in a church. I... yeah. (laughs) There are going to be terrible people in ministry.
0: Yeah, And it just goes to show, though, you know, uh, my wife has always said, I will never put a bumper sticker on my car. I will never put a fish on my car, just in case I drive poorly. Oh, well, I... At one point,
1: somebody pointed out the the fact that it, there's never going to be a positive. There's no chance for a positive reaction. There's no chance of, oh, my goodness, have you seen this person striving? <laughs> this person is so courteous and so well attentive, and and oh my goodness, they are following the speed limit so geniusly. I need to know who this person follows. Oh look, there's a bumper sticker. This person follows Jesus. Clearly,
0: if I want to drive like this person, I should follow this Jesus also. Uh, you know, and it does just go to show now, and this is kind of a bigger topic as well, and I don't know that we need to necessarily go into it, but our lives are much more public than they used to be. Yes. You know, and I remember being a pastor 15 years ago and really being frustrated about how so many of the people in our congregations and sometimes myself included had the dual life. Right. We had the church life and then we had the private life. The 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 rest of the life, whatever you want to say. We don't have that private life as much anymore. We get caught doing things. The things that we do are being recorded. They're being posted. They're being, they're everywhere. I can remember when Facebook first started, people wouldn't friend me because I was their pastor. Right. You know, and they didn't want me to see the things they were posting and the things that they were saying. Uh, But, but now, you know, Hey, if we, uh, if we say in the name of Jesus, I'm going to be a jerk. There's a slight possibility, probably not a big one, but there's a slight possibility that the entire world is going to find out about it. Well, and it's not even this note. The
1: note in itself was horrible because I there was part of me that wanted to get my preach on when I started hearing about this. Because I wanted to just start saying about the things like, oh, the tithe is a, as a requirement. Yes, but God also asked us to give out of our abundance as an act of worship. That's completely different. Other offering, but I'm not gonna say that because you already know that. But um and I I, I don't want to I don't want to come down too hard on this person because that that's why I'm not you know the, the articles that are out there reveal the person's name and if you want to find you can find it. But I don't want to bring that up because I'm not here to slam this person necessarily. I'm here to slam this attitude. Right. Because not there it wasn't even just the receipt. The receipt happened. Then uh, the the some other person in the restaurant, it wasn't the person who waited on the table, but it was some other person took that receipt and took a picture and posted it on Reddit. And that's when it started going nuts. And we could say, I can say gobs and gobs about the fact that the, the, the subreddit it got put on was the atheism thread. And nothing says good times like giving them material. Um but basically when this pastor found out that the the receipt had been put on the web a phone call was made and that phone call was made saying you should fire everyone on your staff a very angry phone call that said I demand these people be fired and that's that's when I really started to ...to lose my sympathy. Like, we can all make stupid decisions, or we can all possibly make a joke that is taken seriously, and there's lots of things that could have happened to make the note right. less bad. But when you go on a vendetta to basically ruin the lives of a whole bunch of people because you got caught being a jerk, I I, I don't have sympathy for that. Um... And then the the person got interviewed after it hit the internet. And basically this pastor was like, oh, I'm really sorry. And I don't know why it went that far and everything like that. And for me, now I don't know this person. This person could really be apologetic and could really uh, mean what she said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, But because immediately my first thought is... I, I don't buy it. I It seems to me that you, you got caught. You're sorry you got caught. And I think, again, it's, it's not just this person. Like, we can all do stupid things, and we're all one bad decision away from doing a terrible thing. But it's just this attitude, this I'm better than you attitude. Um... That, that drives me up the wall, especially because as Christians, we're called to be the exact opposite. How much of scripture is spent saying, bring yourself lower, treat others as more important, serve the least of these. Like there's so much of scripture that says, put yourself lower than others that you might win them for Christ. And yet so much time is spent saying oh, I'm a Christian, thus I am better than you because I'm closer to Jesus. Which is an attitude that's pretty much straight up condemned.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, we've said it I don't know how many different times, but Wheaton's Law applies. Wheaton's Law. People, it always applies. I think that's enough. I mean, this was stupid, piled on stupid. Let's move on to something a little bit more fun.
1: I always like more fun. It had to be talked about, but I am definitely looking to, to hear more fun.
0: You know, we love Will Wheaton. We do. Uh, After the last episode, you reminded me that there had been a new Penny Arcade uh, live D&D session.
1: Oh, they're so much fun.
0: And so I have been watching that. Uh, Again, adult Adult language. language. Adults using adult language. They give you
1: that warning (laughs) before each one, so.
0: (laughs) They do. Uh, Though, I'll tell you, this one was actually kind of... Pushed me to my limits. Uh, uh, But just before this episode, we were chatting and you drop a bombshell on me that's like, I I, I can't even comprehend practically. Mike Perna doesn't like D&D anymore. No,
1: wait, wait, that's taking it too far. That is putting words in my mouth.
0: No, I, I believe that's exactly what you said. It may not be what you said. It's what I heard. But you know, I, I will you
1: totally know. allow for that. It might be what you heard. Um, <laughs> All right. It's not that I don't like it. I played D&D 4th Edition with some buddies of mine, and I will continue to do so. Um, the thing for me is, is that if I'm the one saying, like, this is the game I want to run, this is the game I want to play in, I think I'm done with D&D. I mean, unless I want to backtrack to previous editions... Which I don't, really. Um, I'm just kind of done, because 4th Edition just made it... I, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, because we've said it in the past. 4th Edition made d and a board game. And they make D&D board games. If I wanted to play a D&D board game, I'd do that. Um, So I, I've been really interested in what's going on with D&D next. Because that, that, the whole thing is, we're going back to the past, we're going... We're taking all the, the good stuff about 4th edition and then bringing it back to the way it used to be. And so I go, okay, I'm intrigued for this. But then, then I started looking and I'm like, wait, you're going to make me buy three more core books. And then after a while, you're going to make me buy how many other books? At
0: least another three. And
1: each of these books is going to be $30, 40 $45,
0: bucks, yeah.
1: And I just bought 4th
0: edition not that long ago. Well, let's just... I mean, 4th edition was Windows CE. Yes. Okay, let's just let's just save, call it what it was. Wow,
1: just when we couldn't take that reference to a geekier place.
0: Uh, But the problem means that they, they were scrambling to get a new one out. Yeah. I mean, how long was it between 3, 5, and 4? Right. I don't even know. I can't remember that far back. It's been a long time. Uh, and the gap between... Four and five, just called it five because right. it is, um, uh, it has been noticeably shorter. Uh, so, yeah, a couple of things. One, the pricing is insane. It really is. Two, the speed at which supplements come out is ridiculous.
1: Well, and more, if you look, if, if, if you're like me and... and are part of the D&D Insider thing, which, that's another thing, as, as useful as that is, I don't like paying, like, $15 a month to get this stuff.
0: It's too expensive.
1: Um, But I'm on that, and you make characters, and they just keep adding more stuff. You can be, you can be, a, 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 like, a fairy at this point. You can make a, a playable fairy character. And I'm like, I don't ever want to do that.
0: Yeah, it just seems like it's spawned. So, you know, the other day, uh, I was actually out with my wife. We uh, we spent a couple of days last week, a little getaway. Right. Right. And uh, right, just immediately prior to, to going away, uh, my wife had a doctor's appointment. And so I was bored for an hour. Doctor's appointments will to, do that. Yeah. We happened to be very near. Our FLG, our friendly local game store. <gasps> you have one? Uh, well, it's not that local, but yeah, we have one. It's about an hour away, but we were there for the doctor's appointment. Uh, and so I went in uh, and I had a plan. I was going to buy our first family Euro game.
1: Oh, it's a proud moment.
0: It is. And, uh, you know, we my, my wife and I were going away and you know how it is. When you go away, you want to bring something back for the kids. Naturally. So I figured, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. So I go in the store, and one thing uh, I realize is the store is now double big. Awesome. They they took over the next door neighbors, uh, which of course in game store means they just set up a bunch of game tables. Pretty much. Um, and so that was I uh, was surprising, and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool, right? That means they must be doing okay. They can they can expand. And so I'm wandering through the store, and the first place I go is to the D&D section. It's insane. Oh, it really is. Like, we were talking a couple episodes back about how much I love a monster manual, and I was gonna go and buy myself a monster manual just because. There's like. You know how many monster manuals there are now? There's like
1: two and three monster manuals.
0: And, and that, that's just mention, for 4th edition. The There's like two or three monster manuals and, for 4th edition. And, and all of these things. It's like you all of these different um, settings. All of the different... I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I can't imagine how anybody has the budget to keep up with that.
1: Well, that... I'm I'm very... I'm, I'm looking into getting into Pathfinder. Because Pathfinder... The guys at Paizo do a much better job of getting stuff out at a lower price point. I can seriously get... In PDF format, I can get every book that I want for pretty much the cost of one D&D book.
0: Okay, so there's an ar- there's an actual te- argument to be made here. And I had this conversation with the owner of the Friendly Local Games Tour on a couple of different topics. Okay, so let's kind of lay out what we're talking about here. Okay. So you can definitely do the PDF for a whole lot cheaper. Oh, yeah. Okay, and so some of that is just pricing decisions by the companies.
1: Right, and if, oh, if Wizards if wizards decided to go PDF and do that $10 price point like like Paizo has, I'd be much more open to discussion.
0: But even if they did like a $15 or a $17 price point, you'd be right. much more open to discussion. Okay, uh, but here's the thing, right? D&D books, one, are yes, very large are. format. They are very high Oh, color. they're gorgeous.
1: Don't get me wrong.
0: And they are a very limited run, comparatively. Okay, they're they a much smaller run than a book that's going to go to every Barnes and & Noble and to fill up some giant Amazon warehouse right. somewhere. They just cost more to make. Okay, so you go, okay, well, what if they did this? What if they did the PDFs, if you want to buy the PDFs, for less? And if you're a fan and you love the books, like we've talked about how much we love the Monster Manual, how much we love our old books, you can still buy the book and it's going to be 40 bucks because they're expensive. They're expensive to make, right? I think that would be awesome as a fan. It would be devastating to the game store. Oh, yeah. And so we were having this conversation um, and I was also there. uh, Did I mention I was there to buy uh, the first family game, right? So we've talked about this before. What are the first family games should be?
1: Oh, you, you want to get something that, that's take it to ride. light on the scale. Because if you're talking, especially if you use the term Euro right. game, you can go into games that are just ridiculous. they are games that are too heavy for me. So you want to definitely get something right. light, but, something know, colorful, something...
0: We've, we've talked about some titles, right? We've talked about Catan, oh, yeah. um Ticket to Ride. We've talked about these things, right? And so I'm looking around, and again, they've just expanded. So I don't know where everything is in the store anymore cuz they've moved things around. So I'm kind of exploring and I'm looking around and I'm like um where's Catan? We don't sell Catan anymore. What? They don't sell Catan anymore because it sold
1: out right. Them. Oh, I, I never thought about that cuz for le- me as the gamer I've always just thought about the fact that uh the geek and sundry tabletop, the Will Wheaton effect, as it's been come to to be called. The fact that they became popular on the internet, and so Target and all these companies are now picking them up. I didn't realize, I didn't think about the effect on the, the FLG.
0: Right, and she basically told me, look, there is just no way in the world we can sell it for the price that Target and Barnes & Noble and Amazon right. is selling these things for. Now, it's one thing to have this selection of games that nobody's ever heard of, and you're not going to just, like, seek out and buy on your own unless you're super <laughs> unless you're <Uber> me. geek. <laughs> unless you're you. I was going to say you, yeah. but I thought I'd let it go. Uh, and so, you know, it's good to be able to get in there and look around and see the games and look at them and touch them, and, and they have a real advantage there because you can actually play them, and, and uh, they can teach you how to play and all that kind of stuff, that's where they shine. But they don't have Catan. They don't have Ticket to Ride. They have the expansions because don't the, sell big the stores expansions. don't sell the expansions. But they don't have those games. That's that's crazy to me. It's and so in other words, to be a nerd a board game nerd now your your entry place isn't the game store anymore.
1: It it it's both very bizarre what you're telling me, and at the same point, I completely get it.
0: Oh, dude, I get it too. And I was just like, "Whoa, uh, that's crazy." I don't I don't know what to do with that.
1: But it's it's going to be interesting to see because as certain things become mainstream, it's going to make certain things more available. It's going to make them uh, the competition to get it at the lower price, so it's going to drive that down. And for gamers, that's going to be great. But it will be interesting to see the effect that that has because.
0: But it's other things have done this and it didn't happen that way. I think about Magic. Magic oh, yeah. was huge. You buy them at Target. But that game store was still like the place you went to find out about Magic. Because nobody knew how to play it. Uh, you know, at Target. <laughs> you had to find people to 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 teach you what was going on uh but i th- i guess board games are just different well
1: and and also you're dealing with these entry games there's going to be plenty of things around that no one knows how to play there and and you'll never see there um there's going to there's still going to be all these games that require the explanation require the the expertise of the the FLGS, and uh, but yeah, I yeah I, th- I think you are going to find a lot more of these more, I don't know, beginner or or gateway games. You're going to see them showing up more in targets and things like that. And so you're gonna, I I think I think this is going to be a pretty much global thing. I think this is how stores are going to have to go in order to com- in in order to compete.
0: Yeah, well, and I so I think that. You know the question about is D&D too expensive? I mean there's there is a twist to that. You know, I mean yes, you can go and buy a, D, a couple of D&D books at uh Barnes and Noble, but that's about it. You know, for the most
1: I will totally allow for the fact that that uh there are people who who are love D&D, they've played since they've played since they used to call it chainmail. Um You've got to be old. Yeah. Well, trust me, they're <laughs> out there. But um I I think for me part of it is just it it just needs I need something that I can get my hands on because D D has just become this force. It's about it's not about setting in a in a character in a world and that world feeling feeling real anymore, because anytime somebody comes up with a new idea, it's another thing. It's another character. It's another race. It's another... It's another class. There's like 15 bazillion classes. There's like like 30 different races you can play now. And it doesn't feel real to me anymore, because it just... Yeah. It, it seems too fast. It just seems too fast. It, it's too much. It's it too to fast. Um, yeah. Now, granted... It's a it's a role playing game, so there's lots of limitations you can put. Oh, like like the current game that I'm playing in, we basically you know our dungeon master looked at us and said you can play whatever you want, but if you play something that's not you know, you know the quote unquote normal races, if you're not in the human dwarf elf kind of race, right? If
0: they're not in Forgotten Realms, don't break. P-
1: no, he didn't he didn't say we couldn't. He's just going to say life's going to get real complicated for you if you do if you do something else. Right.
0: Yeah, because if you're a fairy walking around, you know, or some kind of regular city, that's gonna seem weird. Yeah,
1: and he's like, he's like, he's like, like, I don't want you to walk into a town as a dragonborn. It's a dragon person. He's like, that's gonna raise some. People are not gonna be happy with you.
0: The, uh, you know, and so I think that the game. I I just don't know. I I mean. I, w- I was going to say, you know, that D and D is got to become the ticket to ride of role playing games. But as soon as I started to say it, I was like, that's not the direction they're going.
1: No, no, there are ways. Sim- there are definitely systems out there that are way more simplistic than D and D is.
0: Yeah. Well, and smaller, just small, right. Easier to pick up. Oh yeah. Um, because I don't think that D and D four is hard to play.
1: No, it's it's not overly hard.
0: But I guess I, I guess it's not really fair for me to. There there are nuances I mean, to
1: rules that are really confusing and everything like that. But
0: yeah, I, I guess maybe for somebody who hasn't played. But that's that's it's hard to put myself in that. position.
1: No, but I, I well, kind of I don't want to go on too much of a another tangent here. But um, speaking of Will Wheaton and tabletop, they they're currently using the Dragon Age role playing system. And that's literally a couple of d6. And you're just rolling a couple of d6 to see if your if your thing happens or not. And that makes it significantly easier than the roll this die, then roll this die, and this guy rolls this die. and.
0: <laughs> right. But the bag of dice is not nearly as satisfying. Not nearly. Not nearly. So, you know, I went into the game store, couldn't find... The things that I wanted to buy and uh, but I did buy something. I was committed. I had decided that I was going to do this, and so I bought a game called Zularetto let to say
1: you picked up one that i haven 't played it, but uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I watch a lot of videos on youtube and and there are a lot of reviewers out there who will put Zularetto in like their top i don 't want to necessarily say top ten, but probably their top twenty
0: yeah it is a very uh, it's a very well received game. Uh, I just got it, haven't had a chance to play it yet. Uh, I have gone through the rules. And uh, so I'm interested to see, because uh, here the one thing about this game that, that I'm interested to see how it plays out is that there is kind of a turn-within-rounds within, turn, within rounds mechanic. Okay. Uh, or maybe they call them rounds-within-turns, I forget. But basically, there is a cyclical thing that happens, And you can make a choice to finish your, your time in that cycle. But then the other people keep going in that cycle until everybody has pulled out and that's the end of the turn. And then you do it again. And so I'm a little bit concerned about how my kids are going to respond to that. You know, are they going to want to stay in until the end? or Are they going to want to just grab the thing at the beginning? Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, We'll probably play this weekend. And uh, kind of see how that goes. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm
1: dealing with you know Nemo, the Nemo apocalypse out here.
0: Ah, uh, yes. So I'm kind
1: of hoping that breaks about midday tomorrow, so that tomorrow night I can convince my wife to let me have some buddies over to play games.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it may be that you, uh, you'll they'll come over and you will have to play games for like days. <laughs> guys come At least over. That's the way it sounds here on the West Coast. Guy, guys it's come all... over and they're
1: they're they've got dog packs and they're they're mushing through the snow to get to
0: here to play games. Yes. Just, you know, loaded down with chips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've brought <laughs> chips and Mountain Dew. <laughs> the necessity. Well, <laughs> uh
0: yeah, from from my perspective here where it's I'm freezing cuz it's 40 degrees right now. Uh uh, yeah, it sounds like the end of the world is coming to your uh, neck of the my woods. My
1: neck of the woods isn't that bad. Some people north of me are getting hit with all sorts of ridiculousness. We we only got, you know, enough that I don't want to go anywhere.
0: <laughs> right. Well, that that could be good, too. It is the weekend. True. So, all right, Mike, so how do we... I I don't know how to spin this one. <laughs> I don't really good at this. Uh, you know, this was really a grab bag kind of an episode. Uh, but you know it, I think this episode was also about us saying you know what there's there's really good stuff that we have been part of for a really long time oh yeah we've been part of Star Wars yep. we've been part of football we have been part of of board games we have been part of role playing games uh, we've been part of the, the the friendly local game store these are things that really really matter to us And there is this sense in which they are accelerating out of our lives. Oh, yeah. They're getting out of control, and we want to bring them back. And I think sometimes we can do that with our churches, and we can do that with our faith as well. Uh, You know, sometimes, man, all I want, dude, just to sit down and sing an amazing hymn and have somebody preach the word to me, and that's, that's what I'm looking for. I don't need... Christianity to be to be cool or to be to you know to be edgy or anything like that. I want you know that 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 truth and that experience that I've had for my whole life, and and that's yeah, the well, that yeah. there's definitely
1: something to be to be said for that. There's just that idea of grabbing hold of what's important, right? And and letting the Absolutely. other stuff kind of slip away. You know, we kind of talked about that with the whole. D&D thing, you know, kind of to pick one of the things that we talked about, it's not that D&D became a bad game for me, it's the fact that there's so much stuff and there's so much expectation, there's so much fluff and side and, you know, get, it's not enough to have one book, you have to have four books and, you know, it's this book times three and this book times two and, you know, it, it just becomes so much. And there's definitely something to be said about that. Just getting to the, the simplicity of it, and I think that even applies to that the other story we kind of brought in, the idea about faith being more than just the practice, faith being more than just the the stuff we do on Sunday. We talked about the the two sides of the coin there, about a woman who just loves Jesus. And wants to tell people about him, and and wants to just love people the way he did, and never. One of the greatest lines from from the podcast, if you don't listen to it, uh, I actually caught a buddy of mine quoting this the other day. It's funny because he's he's now our worship slash junior high pastor, and uh, he he got. It's the idea that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He does not intrude, but he he really will, will always be there when you invite him. Nice. I'm like, that's awesome. And I think that we need to, to embrace that kind of attitude, that, that whole idea of I'm going to – we'll deal with the other stuff. We'll talk about that. We'll bring you to that. But before we get to any of that, I just want you to know about God and about what he did and about, about Christ and, and – showing up and sacrifice and love and all that the gospel entails because the other stuff happens
0: after you get to that point. Sometimes we want to do our faith with just a pencil and a piece of paper and a couple of guys around a table. Right. All right, Mike, how can folks find out a little bit more about you, about your adventures, about your writing, about everything? Pretty much everything's
1: focusing on Game Store Profits lately. Uh, mostly because the other websites have all been—they—they they asked me for more money, and I told them I don't have it. Um, so pretty much everything is Game Store Profits. Uh, if you look on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/Game Store Profits, most of that—it's not all that all me anymore because finally, finally, Luke, we're starting to get people who are actively posting stuff on there, and I'm excited awesome. about that. I encourage you guys to get out onto our Facebook page. If you see nerdy things or or you're doing nerdy things, especially if you're doing nerdy things, post it on our Facebook page. We want to share that with the community. We want to keep that out there. Um, also, you can get us, if you email us, at uh, gamestoreprofits at gmail.com. I'm the guy who answers that. And uh, I haven't been able to do anything with it lately. I don't know what the future of it is. But definitely, as of right now, perception-check.com. Uh, you're gonna see is basically an overflow blog of this. I, you know in all honesty, I'm not sure what the future of that is. But definitely something that you can bookmark in case I actually get around to it. Um, I will also keep you guys posted on things like the writing that I'm doing, and uh, that's gonna be exciting stuff. Hopefully, that's gonna hit by the end of the year. But that will be for another time, Luke. How can people get in touch with you?
0: Uh, with me, it's really easy. Uh, you can go to my website. It's my name, lukenavarro.com. And uh, as always, you know, just we we want you to to get connected with us, man. Uh, leave reviews on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher. Uh, tell a friend about the show and uh, that's you the, know. the biggest thing you can do like I
1: was just talking to my wife tonight I said a lot of times you know when Luke and I talk about this podcast we treat it like a ministry we treat it as we saw a need in the community and you know we're really just saying you know we're gonna do this and see what God does with it so definitely know that if you guys like we want to get a community fostered that we can do things like pray for each other and share cool things. And you never know. If we get stuff going, you might, you might start seeing things like gamer groups that get together and through, like, Gchat or whatever, start, you know, Google Hangouts, start having multi-coastal uh, role-playing sessions and stuff like that. But it all comes down to you guys, you know, being open to just hanging out with us on the Internet.
0: All right, folks, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you, whether you're driving, whether you're walking, whether you're at work like Mike is, uh, we so appreciate you listening. As always, we remind you that God is the Game Master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on, friends, so long. And thank you for all the fish.